the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, we are one-third of the way there to protecting girls from the uh, encroachment of boys into women's sports in Ohio and into their locker rooms and into their private spaces. Uh, we are also one-third of the way there toward uh, protecting kids from the lie of gender-affirming care, and we will talk with uh, a man, one of the men who has been uh, really consequential in the quest to get both of those things ingrained into law at 12.05 today. His name is Gary Click. I'm Bruce Hooley. This is the Bruce Hooley Show, and we appreciate you joining us here on 98.9 The Answer. Gary is a member of the Ohio House of Representatives, and his SAFE Act um, is uh, something that I've uh, hoped will be enacted into law. It uh, would outlaw medical procedures, surgical mutilation, if you really want to be frank about it, of uh, minors who are under the delusion of gender dysphoria. Along with that, Jenna Powell's Save Women Sports Act. Jenna is also a member of the Ohio House. Uh, she is from Arcanum. Uh, she was a high school athlete. Uh, she understands the gravity, the importance, particularly to small towns like Arcanum and other little towns over in that part of Ohio. They're scattered throughout Ohio. Uh, communities rally around sports teams. Girls sports teams draw a tremendous uh, crowds at the state tournament, whether it's for softball, soccer, basketball, doesn't matter. Uh, we have 50 years of Title IX, and the Biden administration, if it had its way, would wipe it all away and allow uh, boys who feel, or as Senator John Kennedy said yesterday in testimony uh, before the Senate, men who feel or pretend to feel, because that is a still unknown aspect of the whole men playing women's sports is how much of their feelings that they are another sex are genuine feelings and how much of that feeling is related to the fact that hmm, I can go over there and dominate, I can go over there and, uh, I'll say it, punish. There's some deep-seated psychological issues at work with any one born a man who wants to compete against women at the highest level of sport and shows no compunction at all when they injure a woman or a girl in the course of doing that. There are myriad examples of it, and it will be outlawed in Ohio. But as I said, only outlawed if we get the Senate to go along with it and if we get the governor to sign it or the Ohio General Assembly to override a veto from Mike DeWine, should it come. So uh, I'm excited about that, and I'm not, uh, well, I don't have any company in being excited about it. Over at uh, Ohio Public Broadcasting and over at statenews.org. Your tax dollars support this. 
This is public broadcasting is what it is. WOSU used to be public broadcasting. I don't know if they still are or not. I think OSU owns them now. But uh, a portion of your tax dollars is taken every year and devoted to funding public broadcasting. And I just think you ought to know what your tax dollars are paying for. Uh, Let me read you the lead from the story yesterday by Joe Ingalls. And uh, Joe's been on the show before. Uh, She's a smart woman, which I hope is not an insult. Uh, You never know these days. But it's instructive how media members have been conditioned to look at these issues, and I'm not, I am singling her out because her lead is the one in front of me, but it's pretty much the same across the board, whether it's Anna Staver at the Columbus Dispatch or whoever writes the liberal nonsense that appears on the web pages at Channel 4, 6, and 10 here in town. But I just wanted to, again, I do this from time to time. I think I did it yesterday a little bit. Kind of hope to educate you on how to really read deeply into and ask questions about what you're reading and become vigilant about the degree to which you are being programmed. Here's the lead on Joe Engel's story from the State House yesterday. Ohio lawmakers passed a trio of controversial bills Wednesday that affect the way LGBTQ kids in Ohio are educated limits the types of medical treatment they can receive, and bans them from playing on some sports teams. That's the lead. That's the first sentence. Okay, so let's examine that and the accuracy of that. Ohio lawmakers passed a trio of controversial bills Wednesday. Okay, what makes something controversial? Now, there are myriad answers to this. You could say, well, how How hotly was it debated? Okay, there are many uh, instances of shrill, shrieking, uh, loud LGBTQ advocates who protested these bills vehemently. So that would certainly give Joe Ingalls justification to say that the bills are controversial because there's evidence of some people don't like the bills, they got approved. But there's another aspect to something that would make a bill controversial, and it would be the margin by which the bill is approved. Correct? I mean, a controversial bill would pass by a narrow margin, would it not? I mean, is it controversial among lawmakers who, by the way, vote on behalf of the people of the state of Ohio? I mean, that would be a barometer, would it not? I mean, if it passes 51 to 50, Wow, it's close. It's controversial. Half the legislature doesn't like it. The other half does like it. So what was the vote on these three bills? Well, I printed the story out. The story runs almost four entire pages, eight and a half by 11. Nowhere in the story is the vote total given. That's interesting. Joe Engel's a professional reporter. Why would the vote total not be in? Well, the vote total on at least one of these was 64 to 28 
in the Ohio House. So 92 members, I'm not going to do this in my head. I don't want to, I don't show you how poor I am at doing math in my head. But uh, that's 92 votes, okay? So we're going to divide 92 by 68 to find the percentage of votes. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to divide 68 by 92. See, I told you I couldn't do this in my head. 68 divided by 92. It passed 74% to 26%. If you were backing a political candidate, let's say in the 2024 presidential election, and your candidate won with 74% of the vote, would you consider that a landslide? I would consider that a landslide. I would consider it a landslide if if your candidate won by 64% of the vote. Yet, here's one of these bills passed, and only one of them could I find the vote total for in any of the liberal rags that report these matters. 64 to 28 is a blowout. And I say, well, you know, there's uh, a lot of Republicans down there, so that sort of stacks the deck. Yeah, there are a lot of Republicans down there. How did they get there? Oh, that's right. They were voted in by the people of the state of Ohio so they could be their, stick with me here, representatives in the House of Representatives. So are they voting according to, or some might say, representing the people who put them there? My guess, my assumption, my conclusion is yes, they are. So the other part of this uh, lead that I find interesting is, she writes, Ohio lawmakers passed a trio of controversial bills, we dealt with controversial, that affect the way LGBTQ kids in Ohio are educated, limits the types of medical treatment they can receive, and bans them from playing on some sports teams. So the operative words in that sentence are affects, limits, and bans. Are there more trans kids in Ohio than there are Kids who aren't under the mental delusion that they were born in the wrong sex? No. Then why are we focusing on the extreme minority? Could we also write this lead to say that they passed a bill that supports kids, that protects kids, that preserves women's sports? See, if lawmakers do something legislatively that limits and bans, ooh, well, that gives you a kind of a sour view of what are they up to down there? They're limiting and they're banning. Conversely, if you would write that they are supporting and protecting and preserving things that have always been true since the beginning of time and still are, well, then it looks like the representatives are doing what they've been elected to do. So we will talk with Gary Click, member of Ohio House of Representatives. He was the sponsor of the SAFE Act. Uh, it's cleared the hurdle of passing the House. It passed by an overwhelming margin, 64 to 28 yesterday. Uh, the LGBTQ lobby very upset about this. Uh, you can sometimes tell whether a bill is good or bad by those who uh, oppose it or who endorse it. 
And if the LGBTQ lobby is against the bill, then you know that it's a great bill. We'll ask Gary Click what kind of pushback he has gotten about it, the effort to uh, undermine his efforts, whether he thinks there'll be any problem in the Ohio Senate. It's not the first time this has come up. It almost passed last year, at least the Save Women's Sports Act did. Are we at a better spot on the legislative calendar now? Senate is taking a summer recess. We'll tackle it again in the fall. And what will the governor do? Oh, our governor, our ghost governor, our apparition of a governor, the guy you barely see. Oh, he was in East Palestine yesterday wearing his coat that said Governor Mike DeWine on it. He had to go out. East Palestine is one of those situations where it has to smoke Mike DeWine out of his den. He has to actually go out and do governor-type things. He'd like to just kick back and do nothing, be invisible, but I don't know if Mike DeWine will sign this. He has said before that he does not see a need for the Save Women's Sports Act, which is really a dumb thing for anyone to say, because protecting girls from boys playing girls' sports is a little bit like the legislative version of a life jacket, right? You go boating, they make you put a life jacket on, or at least you're supposed to, have a life jacket in the boat, I can swim, I don't need a life jacket, and then... Your boat sinks. You exhaust the time that you are physically strong enough or able enough to tread water. And you wish you had packed a life jacket, right? You don't need a life jacket until you, what, need a life jacket. Similarly, for Mike DeWine to say, well, we don't need this, Bill, is stupid, short-sighted, myopic, and cowardly. Because you don't need the Protect Women's Sports Act until you have a boy playing girls' sports and dominating, okay? But even if he's not dominating, I reject the notion that, well, we don't have a dominating, so we don't need the Save Women's Sports Act. Because if the boy pretending to be a girl, under the mental delusion that he is a girl, is playing girls' sports, there's a possibility that he's taking that opportunity away from an actual girl. Maybe it's just a girl who would be like the 12th member of a basketball team. Still, if the boy's getting minutes, they're minutes that a girl's not getting. If the boy's not good enough to get minutes on the boy's team, then find another way to participate. Be a team manager. Be a statistician. Do whatever. whatever. But don't take opportunities away from women. The Biden administration would take opportunities away from women across the country. The Biden administration loves it. When they see a fake woman like Will Thomas, who masquerades as a girl by the name of Leah Thomas, who the NCAA allowed to swim at the NCAA Women's Championships. Yesterday, Riley Gaines, who uh, was all set to graduate from the University of Kentucky, pursue dental school, get married, live her best life until her locker room and her sport were invaded by a man masquerading as a woman. Now Riley Gaines is taking the personal attacks and imperiling her own safety because she's been under attack. San Francisco State University, Google that, and Riley Gaines, and you'll see she was assaulted for speaking truth on that campus. Riley Gaines was in front of Congress yesterday, in front of the Senate, actually. Uh, And here... 
is her opening statement in front of the U.S. Senate. It's not transphobic to acknowledge how women deserve respect, how we deserve safety, how we deserve fairness. We deserve our keeping our dignity. It's not transphobic to say that. Um, It's not transphobic to say that you can't change your sex. Sex is down to a chromosomal level, and that's not something that can be changed, and that matters in sports. Your biology, that sports is the one area where that your sexual chromosomes matter. And again, I'll echo Harley's message as well as you're not alone. The overwhelming majority of people regarding this issue of fairness in women's sports agree that having men in women's sports is wrong and that it's unfair and it's a violation to, again, our privacy and rights to safety as women. Um, So that would be my message, to be bold, be empowered, and before anything, stand firm in the truth, biological truth. That's a great message. It didn't land well on uh, a woman. I mean, she goes by she, her, so I can say she's a woman, even though she probably can't identify uh, what a woman is. Uh, It did not go well with Kelly Robinson. Kelly Robinson is the president of the Human Rights Campaign. Of course she is. She's their first black queer president of the Human Rights Campaign. So so she, like uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, is, uh, well, I mean, just historically historic, right? Uh, Interesting interchange here between Kelly Robinson, head of the Human Rights Campaign, and uh, common sense champion Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana. Women you don't that believe are that a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female? Not as a, a definitive statement. Give me an example. Well, no, I, I don't think. How, how, how many female members of the NBA do you see? Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis, right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, and it's just not the case. She is stronger James, than that. What's your experience, Ben? Male, female. Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, my experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, he could kick my butt any day of the week without trying. Uh, now, Riley Gaines referenced that Serena Williams and Venus Williams once played a man ranked number 203 in the world. Uh, he was an Australian by the name of Karsten Brosh. And this was 1998 at the Australian Open. They held an exhibition match. Uh, Carson Brosh ranked 203 in the world. Jumped to a 5-0 lead against Serena. Beat her in the one set they played 6-1. He beat her sister, Venus Williams, 6-2. The 203 man in the world against probably the greatest women's tennis player of all time. Uh, What would a accomplished male tennis player do? Well, you don't have to listen to me. Serena Williams will tell you. Next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.